Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To our very first um, Sports Unplugged show on Friday, and it's going to be a regular show hosted by myself. Um, as you guys know, I'm always on uh, Carnage on Thursdays, but um, I'm without the regulars, so I'm a bit nervous for my uh, first show um, as host, but I've got none other than my protege, um, a kid that I've known, I call him the kid, um, I've known him for quite a while now, um, maybe what, seven, ten years now, Connor, is it? Um, Something like that, yeah. But yeah, I want to introduce you to my um, co-host. He goes by the name of Connor Mack, but also known as CJ Lewis. Connor, how are we? Very well, thank you, mate. Yeah, very well. Very happy to be here. First show. Looking forward to getting started. And it's your, what is it, your third show, isn't it? With the Day Trippers. Yeah, third show Wait, 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 wait. I haven't done the right introduction because you're not actually a Liverpool fan. You let the cat out of the bag too soon. You're, yes, you're, you're not right. a Liverpool fan. You're a uh, fucking Chelsea fan. But um, guys, Champions look, Euro. let's give him a uh, let's give him a warm welcome. Um, he's 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 a top he's a top dog. He's a top dog. He knows his football. Um, let's give him a warm welcome. Unfortunately, he is a Chelsea fan. But um, look, this guy, this show is about most sports. We're going to cover a few subjects today. A roundup of the Olympics. Um. A roundup of the Formula One that's uh, is gripping right now. The war between, you know, the, you can call it a battle between Hamilton and Verstappen. Haven't had that since Hamilton and Rosberg. And we'll be mentioning about the UFC tomorrow. Uh, UFC is 265, a quick roundup of the main event. But um, Connor, shall we go into it? Because it's been quite the week. Um, 
we're gonna have to go back into the transfers um i didn't want i want to stay away from transfer talk but unfortunately um before we get to the main story that's uh, broken from last night and from the last 48 hours let's talk about um jack Grealish. jack Grealish, yeah. the hundred pound man um what do you make of the transfer the hundred million pound man shall i say rather what do yeah, you make of the transfer connor 100 million pounds is a huge fee um Biggest in, in English football history. Biggest for an English player in history. Um, and in my opinion, it might be a controversial one, but I think he warrants that fee. I think he's a unique player. Um, some people were saying that he doesn't quite deserve or warrant that fee. I think he does entirely. I think he fills a hole for Man City. Um, whether or not you know Pep plays him as a 10, as an 8, as a winger, that remains to be seen. But I think, I think he'll deliver. What we've seen from Jack Grealish is, is he's an undoubtedly talented player with a unique skill set that I just don't think many other players in world football have. Um, interesting to see that Pep's gone for him. Doesn't quite fit into that mould of a player who will run in behind a sort of more robotic winger. But we'll see. I think he'll fit, like take like a duck to water in that Man City side. What about you? What are your thoughts on it? I think, you know what, there's a lot of Villa fans who've been uh, complaining, but he stuck it out with them. He stuck it out with them, went to the championship, could have got a move to Tottenham, if I'm not mistaken, a couple of seasons ago. But he stuck with them, you know, got them into the premiership, um, stayed with them, you know, showed a bit of loyalty to Dean Smith. Um, he actually sort of brought into the project as well um, with what Dean Smith and the whole club's trying to do, you know, buy youth, develop them and whatnot. So I think it's a, it's a good move for him. You know, £100 million is a lot of money. And there's talk of, you know, Pep from the beginning, from a few videos from... Uh, years ago that you know he, he was never going to spend a hundred million but you know what these the day and age that we're living in um football's gone bonkers literally with transfer fees with wages um it's an awful lot of wages um but you know what he deserves it i liken it to it might be stupid of me to say but it's like say we were working mcdonald's right you're flipping 69p cheeseburgers no no 69p cheeseburgers frozen your frozen meats right and all of a sudden, you get a job offer from five guys, you know, where you get fresh organic beef, 100%, 100% beef, 100% beef, right? And you've got all these ingredients. You've got your jalapenos, your cheese, your grilled onions, your mushrooms, and you get better pay. I mean, you got to weigh it up. Where would you go? You'd go to five guys, wouldn't you? And then yeah, after I that, mean, well, name me another gourmet place in five guys. But yeah, um, that's, how I, that's how I think of it. And, you know, it's a career for him. He's going to earn loads of money um, and he's going to win trophies along the way. You know, no disrespect to Villa, but... Um, you know that they're, they're a great team. They've got a great setup. They've got a good bunch of owners now. But I think uh, I think it's a good move for him, and he's going to win trophies. You know, I'm sure he'll he'll uh, add to his um, non-existent medal collection. Yeah, a bit of a b- bizarre analogy from you there, but I think I kind of do understand what you're saying. Going from the team that Villa have to the team that City have, well equipped with stars, I think yeah, they're just not really comparable. You're right, talking about the wages, it is pretty astronomical. I've heard reports of 370k per week. Uh, which I think, other than potentially De Gea, De Bruyne, those two, maybe Sanchez, I think that's probably the highest that the Premier League's ever seen. But we're entering a new era in terms of the financial capabilities of these clubs. Um, so it's difficult to compare between those sort of eras. What do you make, what do you make um, of the Christian um, Perslow statement from the Villa chief executive yesterday? He came out with a, I think it was a five-minute video, wasn't it, to explain what's happened? to explain that, look, Jack did give us an extra year when teams were knocking last summer. And now he's um, 
he's gone to uh, City, and you know, I you know, you, you'd imagine they've spent the money on what Leon Bailey, who I think is a good goodbye for them. Um, mm-hmm. He's what twenty three, you know, he's a twenty three year old Jamaican international who who's had a very decent season uh, last summer, fifteen goal uh, last season, fifteen goals, ten to twelve assists. So he's done well. Um, they've brought who else? They're, they're after James Wood Prowse, but they've got other two others. Who are the two others yeah. players that they brought? Emmy, Emmy Wendia from Norwich, yep, who's sort of filling that right hand side, probably might be more of a central creator, taking the creative burden away from Grealish. And then they've got Danny Ings. So listening to Perslow's statement yesterday, what he said is they they realized that they couldn't bring in one player to replace Grealish, you know, as as you assume. Um, you know, no one in the world really has that sort of blend of talent. Um, so they brought in three players to replace three key aspects of him. They brought in goals from wide with Bailey. They brought goals centrally with Ings. Questionable signing whether, you know, what what role he'll play with Watkins rotation or maybe they move to a 4-4-2 remains to be seen. And then they've got chance creation from Emi Buendia. But going back to the Perslow statement, frankly, I thought it was brilliant. I think it would be great to see more of that transparency in clubs. You know, they he was quite open saying that last summer when Grealish agreed to the contract that he was currently on. He said, I'll only agree to this under the condition that if a Champions League playing club comes in for me next summer and they provide a suitable bid, you won't stand in my way. Uh, they agreed that that price was 100 million. Um, and for an owner or CEO, I'm not quite sure of Perslow's role within the club. But for someone to come out and say that with that transparency, it's unlike anything we've really seen in the last few years. And I think it really does... Um, does reflect well on Villa, reflect really well on, on them as a club and the way that they're run, having that transparency and allowing fans to see the sort of operations and the workings behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, Christian Persto was one of the chief sort of negotiators when we sold to New England Sports Venture, FSG. Um, he was predominant in that. So he's gone to Villa um, and he's come up with a statement. I think, yeah, I think more chief executives or is he a chief? I think he is a chief executive there. Um, should come out with statements like that. I think it sort of gets the fans sort of back on side. I mean, I, I can't I can't imagine that there are going to be a lot of Villa fans who are disgruntled with this because they've got good money for him. They've, you know, he's given them a bit of, you know, they've given him, he's, he's, he's stuck out with them. He's been there, like, you know, since the academy and whatnot, he's joined them. But like, you know, I think they should be happy, and especially with the business they're doing. And I think they will do more business, Connor. I think they will do business. Like Laura Duffy makes a great point, and she's one of the regulars. So thank you for tuning in. And thanks, guys, once again for the love and support. I um, appreciate it. Villa was getting their reinforcements ready before he left, even early in the window. So they've done their business predominantly. You would imagine they've done most of the business and maybe another one or two in. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's uh, but it's, it's it's great business all around, you know. Pep gets to play. You reckon they'll go in for Harry? You reckon Harry Kane? I think most likely. The only question mark for me was whether they put that on the side to potentially bring in, you know, the big story of the last couple of days. Maybe Pep runs it back. Leo, false nine, you know, an ode to his team at Barca. Does Messi still have the capabilities to do that? Remains to be seen. But So, um, so we'll just go into our next next point. So while you're there, we'll switch it up to Messi. Um mm-hmm. It could have been easy starting off with this story, but I thought we would go, uh, you know, to the British story, which was Jack Grealish this week. But Lionel Messi, so we've touched upon it yesterday on Carnage. It does seem now, Connor, that, um, yeah, it, it, it's come to an end. 
Unfortunately, and I always thought that even last year when he was going to leave, it was going to be a little bit ugly. Um, you do feel that has he made a play of it from last season, just stuck it out with Kuman, and just thought, you know what, come end of the season, um, I might leave. But I know there's other sort of factors. Barcelona are calling it financial obstacles, um, another word that's come out um, in, the, in this summer. Um, what do you make of it? And do you think, you know, he's got Leandro Paredes there, he's got Poch. He won't want to play with Icardi. He wanted Icardi out because of the wonder, mm. Maxi Lopez stuff, which we won't elaborate on. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, Lionel Messi, do you think uh, he's PSG banned or do you actually think that City might make a play for it? Then? Well, I mean, it's an interesting one because this is a transfer story like nothing we've ever seen before in the last sort of 20 years. I'd go as far as to say maybe, you know, Ronaldo moving to Real Madrid. Uh, but there's not really been much of a saga with it. And that's purely because of the financial standpoint there's not many clubs in the world that can afford Messi. One of them being City, you know, they've committed 100 million to Grealish, looking to commit another 130, 140, whatever it may be for Kane. And that effectively rules them out. Uh, potentially Chelsea, but they've got a, a stacked forward line, uh, bringing in Lukaku as well to play centrally. Another one I think are out of the running. Bayern Munich don't have the cash. Never going to Real. Juventus don't have the cash. So, you know, all signs pointed to PSG and it wrapped itself up pretty quickly. Um, in terms of the La Liga financial difficulties, it's an interesting one. It's a really strange one for me because I can't get my head around why Barcelona would opt to let Messi go in favour of a Super League. I know CVC, this new private equity firm, have come in and bought some of the broadcasting rights and have sort of been calling a few of the shots and La Liga have some new salary caps so maybe their position was just completely untenable and they just they just couldn't deal with it. They, they, they couldn't provide Messi with the contract that he re, he deserves, really. Um, but yeah, going to PSG, if Mbappe does stay, another talking point, uh, that's, that forward line, Neymar, Mbappe, Messi, I think it probably will be the first time that the three best players in the world will be all in one team. And that's a you scary, whoa, 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 more exciting whoa, whoa, whoa. prospect. You don't think MSN at Barca? Were impressive. Neymar, no, I mean, Messi, Suarez. No, no, no. Come on. Well, come on. CR seven was at his peak. Then he was at his prime. You can't compare him to Suarez at that at that time. CR seven takes his place. So you think Na- you think Neymar, Messi, and Mbappe would be the best forward forward trio that you've seen in modern era? Yep, I'd say so. Remains to be seen as whether they can gel together. Even better um, than Salah, Mane, Firmino. <laughs> longevity, no, it's kind of longevity. No, I'm sorry. You can't just say you can't just say okay, okay, look, Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi might only play for one year. Okay, and they might score hundreds of goals. Like, you know, they, they might score 30 each in well, I could score 15, 20 in the farmers league, right? They might score 35 goals each in the um French league and then score mm-hmm. goals in the uh, Champions League, right? But do you see them two, three years playing together? I don't see it. I still, th- I, I think our our three are one of the best. 2017-18, 2018-19, 2019-20 even. Those three years, our three were one of the best. Up there, definitely. Take those red-tinted glasses, no, take them no, off, no. chuck them in the bin. Because you cannot, you simply cannot compare Salah, Mane and Firmino to the potential attacking trio of Mbappe, Neymar and Messi. Messi is without a doubt the best player that the world has ever seen. You know, he's not quite the player that he was five, ten years ago, sure. But, I mean, come on, he's still undeniably the best player in the world. You've got Mbappe making runs off the ball in behind and Neymar doing the same thing, providing creativity goals. I think it's a perfect blend as well. 
No, but so. okay, okay. But then you're saying that Kane might be in limbo. Then I suppose. Well, potentially, and that's the only other option I could see. You don't Messi think going to see dodgy cheeky bid from Roman and what's that, what's that name that chief uh, executive of yours, Marina Granovskaya. <laughs> Close one, Granovskaya. Granovskaya. So you you, you don't like think you, you don't think you could entice um, Kane to Chelsea? Hey, we got Ziyech, I mean, he's paid for he's paid for Arsenal, hasn't he? You've seen him in when he was a little chubby kid at nine years old. He's got this Arsenal kit on. I think it was on Arsenal's books, maybe like a little um, kid playing around with them. But he was he was a he had a kit and he was pictured. He was quite chubby actually, Harry Kane um, at Arsenal, and then obviously he went to Spurs. You don't think he could stay in uh, London and Roman because you need a striker, right? You're not going to get Haaland, it seems. And you're linked with I don't know who you're linked with now. You're linked with um, what's his name? Oh, Romelu. So Romelu might be going back. Um, mm-hmm. Third time of asking because I believe Conte wanted him, um, didn't they? And then you ended up with um, Alvaro Morata. And then you, mm-hmm. he went, obviously, to United. Tell me about Romelu. You think that's a close deal as well, then? Lukaku? Yeah, it's, it seems so. It seems like at the moment they're sort of haggling over a few million here or there. Chelsea are proposing different sort of combinations of offers with uh, different players included. We're trying to make, you know, get rid of our, some of our, our deadwood. Zappa Costa's been offered. I know they're interested in Marcus Alonso, Emerson. They've even offered Tammy Abraham in the deal. Um, so we're basically just trying to sort of thrash out those little details, but I can see this happening in the next two, three days, I think. I think we would in dire need of a striker. So we've addressed the main hole in our team, the main floor in our team. In regards to Kane, don't think it would have ever happened. Not, you know, I think Kane wouldn't have wanted that reputational damage from Spurs fans moving over to the other half of London, uh, the pride of London, I should say. But I think <clears throat> Levy Levy would have been a, a huge obstacle in there. If you think back to Luka Modric, when Chelsea were interested in him, we put in a bid of over 40 million for him. Levy turned it down, then sold him to Real Madrid for 33, I think it was, 33, 34 million. So he took a 10 million loss just to avoid selling him to a rival. In hindsight, maybe that was the right decision, but it just shows the way Levy views that rivalry between the two clubs and his unwillingness to sell. Good point from El Driago. Uh, 11 says MSN. So that's uh, obviously uh, Messi, Suarez, Neymar for him. BBC. Who's BBC? I know it's not BBC, one of the channel. What was BBC? <laughs> Bale, Benzema and Cristiano. Yeah. Good shout. Yeah, you could. Yeah, I suppose so. S and SMF, obviously us. I think for longevity-wise, it should be us. But yeah. For a one season off, you'd say, I thought that MSN season under Luis Enrique was, they were amazing mm-hmm. when they beat Juventus in the final. Um, I think they did the quad, quintuple, I think, that season. But um, moving swiftly on, um, guys, there will be some major developments coming. I know there's a few comments in the live um, section saying about uh, a certain Mr. Grizz. Um, I can't get away from him, can I? He will be making a short appearance, a special appearance um, towards the end. He's got, um, I think, a development or two coming out of Kirby, Liverpool, uh, tonight. So I'll save that for him. Um, speaking of Liverpool, um, we've got a friendly on Sunday. So uh, we've got Osasuna. We've got Atletico Bilbao on Monday. Um, everything looks good. Um, yes, we need signings. Talk of Saul again. Um, it's just been one of those seasons, I think, the social media doesn't help, Connor. I don't know if it happens with the, um, your support in Chelsea. Well, there's hardly any support outside of London for Chelsea anyway, but there's the <laughs> these fans all over the world that are going frenzy over Liverpool right now because of the lack of signings, 
contractual talks. Um, but we've got, look, we've got Fabinho um, tied up. We've got Trent tied up. We've got Alisson tied up. I believe Van Dyke is next on that list. Robbo and Mohamed Salah. Um, what do you make of us um, this season? I want to get your perspective because coming into the new season, do you feel that we can challenge with the current team and squad? Not on all four fronts because we know Klopp doesn't like the Mickey Mouse stuff as the FA Cup, uh, League Cup, although it would be brilliant if we got to a um, Wembley final. I think fans uh, who, you know, in London who don't get up much to Anfield, it would be great for them for a trip up, you know, a little piss up uh, before kickoff in the final and they can go and enjoy themselves at Wembley and the, as the low, road trip ain't too bad. But um, what do you make of us so far? Canate's come in, mm-hmm. but where do you see us? Um do you see us a fully squid squad a fully fit squad? Um, can we challenge? Yeah, I think Liverpool is an interesting one actually because they've flown under the radar a little bit, um, which is unusual considering you won the Champions League what three years ago, won the title two years ago. But I think you've been quite understated. Maybe it's due to inactivity in the transfer market. I will say that I think Konate is an excellent signing. Um, I've I've been a fan of his for the last two three years since he broke through at Leipzig. Unfortunately, injuries have, have halted his progress a little bit. But every time he's played, he's looked exceptional. Every time I've seen him, he's looked exceptional. You rate him higher than Hulis Kunde? I prefer Kunde. Kunde myself. I love Kunde. Yes, he's a bit short on the six foot side. He's taller than me. Six foot, but I think he's a phenomenal defender. I really mm-hmm. do. I think he's so intelligent, Kunde. He could play defensive midfielder for you guys. Um, but I'm not sure. That deal's not done, is it? Oh, Not Mark quite. A has just said, Mark A has just said, so thank you, Mark, for tuning in. Kevin O'Sullivan, oh, at Kevin O'Sullivan, Kunde's not wrapped up yet. So, okay, I presume that was pretty much all, but Dan, I think you mentioned it earlier on the week, didn't you, on WhatsApp? I think it was, and I think I think the position that Chelsea took, they assumed that it was close to being done because Sevilla had already accepted a bid of, I think it was 30 million euros and Davinson Sanchez from Spurs. Uh, you know, it depends on how Spurs value Sanchez. I know, I remember seeing the other day the price they picked him up for. I think, you know, it was about 42 million they picked up Davinson Sanchez for. That's yeah. really, um, no one's really spoken about how bad a deal that was. I know he looked promising at Ajax, but anyway, that's a conversation for another day. But I don't think Kunde's ruled out, um, is wrapped up, sorry. Um, he's still, is it still dependent in motion. Depending on, um, what's his name? Uh, Kurt, Kurt Zuma. Zuma, Zuma, isn't it? Big Kurt. Depending on him, yeah, isn't it? yeah, because they offered him as part of the deal, and I don't think Kurt was too, um, too sort of on board with that. He was then offered to West Ham. Contract talks broke down there, so it is contingent on Zuma departing. It's a shame because you talk about we were initially talking about Konate. For me, I want my centre-backs to have a presence more than anything because I think that adds something tactically and technically, a physical presence, but also mentally in terms of you know the squad, the keeper, the rest of the back line, the defensive midfield. They all feel solid when you've got a physical presence. And I think that's part of the understated impact of Van Dijk. He is just a presence everywhere in the field. Obviously, he's got supreme technical ability, supreme defensive ability, but that sort of presence that he provides really shores up the team. And I don't think someone like Kunde has that presence. He's brilliant in ground duels. He's an, he's an absolute menace. He's like a dog in the pitch. Um, <laughs> great, great comparison. Um, I'm not sold on Kanate. Hot take. Um, I'm not sold on him yet. 
not yet. I think he can be a bit clumsy. Um, for me, the jury's out on Canate. For me, my first choice is Joe Gomez and Virgil van Dijk providing. Um, I'm not worried about van Dijk. I just think he's a different breed. He's He's got that aura. He, he will recover fantastically well. It's Joe Gomez that I'm worried about. Um, and I don't want to talk too much on Liverpool because, you know, we obviously cover this throughout the week and whatnot. But for me, Joe Gomez is still Van Dijk's best um, centre-back pairing. I know people will say Matip, but Matip's not fit enough for me. 15 games a season for the last five years ain't good enough. Um, I would have loved loved to have seen us sell him, to be honest, and got a um, another defender in, whether it was Kabak or not. But I'm not sold on Kanata yet. I think it will take him a few adjustments, uh, a couple of months. A bit like what we've done with Robertson, Fabinho in the past, Ox even, when he first joined in 2017-18 season. It may take Kanata time. But um, some people think that he's ready. Some people think he's brilliant. Um, and some people probably think I'm waffling on. Chris Brack in the comments, uh, huge thanks uh, to Chris for tuning in. I will be um, doing a separate little message for Chris later on the show. But is the goalkeeper situation still a weakness for Chelsea, Connor? Uh, Mendy is good, but feel Chelsea need better. You know what? I've been surprisingly shocked at how good he's been, actually, for you. Even mm-hmm. his footwork. His footwork's not been bad. And at Ajax, um, it was at Ajax he came from, isn't it? With, no, uh, it was yeah. from uh, Rennes in France. Ren. Okay. And I know his footwork was... Um, wasn't great, but at Chelsea he does seem to keep it simple, keep it short, and I think he's been a good goalkeeper for you guys. I can't really remember him making a mistake. One mistake he made, I think maybe a second to last game at Chelsea where he injured himself as well. Oh um, uh, yeah, there was there was one yeah. There's a couple that you think, well, maybe he could keep that out, but to keep it short and sweet for Chris, no, there is, it is not still a weakness for Chelsea. The only weakness in the goalkeeping department for Chelsea. Is sat on the bench and has little T-Rex arms, Kepa Arita Balaga. Uh, he's just, he's not good enough. And he sat on the bench making 170K a week, I think is his wage. That's That's got to be solved. That that issue has got to be resolved. You can't have a backup keeper making those sorts of, those sorts of wages. But on Mendy, nah, he's, he's not an area to improve on. I think it's an absolute find that we managed to get him for 18 million, I think it was. Uh, I think he's been absolutely imperious. He's made saves that you wouldn't have expected him to make. And he makes those saves that other keepers make a little bit, look a little bit more challenging. He's made them look easy. And that's the best compliment that you can give a goalkeeper. He makes everything look comfortable. Mm. And as you mentioned with his ground play, his sort of um, his distribution, God, it's blown me away. Um, he is able to pick out a fullback making a darting run up the pitch, drop the ball on his toe as he's, you know, into his path almost every time first time receiving the ball back to him it's it's exceptional really I've, I've been very surprised like you say so just to wrap up this section and then we'll go on to another transfer um another player that is causing a big stir but liverpool title charge yes or no are we in it to win it kind of this season Yes, I think so. I think people um, will will discount Liverpool because of last season. They went through a massive blip, as everybody knows. But I think they still have all the tools. You know, if it, it's all contingent on whether you can get Mane firing again. If you get Mane firing, Salah's a consistent player. He will score goals in whatever kind of form he's in, whatever kind of role he's played in. For Firmino, on the flip side, won't score goals, whatever position he's played in, whatever system he's played in. But if you get Mane firing... If you get Van Dyke fit and back to something close to his old levels, um, if you find a suitable 
uh, Wijnaldum replacement. So you, yes. still, so, so you think we're short in midfield then? Yeah, well, you're not the only one. So. It's obvious, but you think we're short. Okay. Yeah, because look, look at your options. You've got Fabinho, undisputed starter, for me, best DM in the league. But then outside of that, you had Thiago. I think he's going to be a lot better next season. I think he got a lot of stick last season unnecessarily. Um, and that would be my midfield two, and I'd switch to a 4-2-3-1 play Jota, but that's a different discussion. Um, but I think you need depth because you look at it, you've got Keita, glass legs, glass ankles, glass hamstrings, glass everything. You've got Ox, not up to the required standard for me. Naby's gone on a plant-based diet, Connor. Oh, Djokovic is Djokovic is a plant-based athlete. So is Lewis Hamilton. There's a few. There's an NFL team who I think you. I don't know who it was, but they got to the playoffs. I'll find out later on. There's a documentary on Netflix. They went on a plant-based diet, right? Mm -hmm. And they were awful. I don't know who it was. It wasn't Tampa Bay. It was another FN NFL team that went through this plant-based diet stuff. So you can't have dairy, you can't have chicken, meat, and whatnot. Um, They got to the playoffs for the first time in. 25 27 years albeit they didn't make they didn't make it to the Super Bowl but in, there, there has been drastic changes and improvements were made I seriously think that this could be um this could work wonders because we do know a lot of athletes now are turning into plant-based um diets um I think Allison could do it because Allison loves his red steaks um hence he does get injured every season and misses the first sort of eight games of the season um so they do think that Naby's made a change. And this has happened since Andre Schlumberger, the, the fitness guru who's come from Dortmund um, since I think the turn of the year and has specifically just worked with Naby. Um, so hopefully, fingers crossed that um, that it works. Um, Stephen Dunn, uh, a regular, he's plant-based, runs nine marathons. I've done it for 21 days. And let me tell you, not only did I cut weight, um, the weight dropped off. It did, it did, it did do wonders. I just love my pork sausages and bacon and my chicken and whatnot. I just love my hot dogs too much, but I, I, I would do it again, definitely for probably for a month, but look, it works for some, it, it works for most. It uh, seems, um, so no fair plays, fair plays. Um, there's one comment from here, Rutten, no Brazilian will ever go on a plant-based diet. You're right. You're right. Um, Abby, Chris Brack, but Abby Cater will discover he's allergic to plants in a few weeks. He'll be there now for four months, isn't it? <laughs> but it's these kind of things with Nabi. You know, he's been there for three seasons. Klopp obviously loves him. He's not going to sell him. You know, £55 million fee. Um, hopefully, hopefully this is the season where, you know what I mean, he can stay fit, play well. If he plays well, it's a different Liverpool because he does bring a little bit of a different dimension to our play. But I'm like with you, uh, Connor. I still believe with this current eleven. We do need to bring some bodies in. I don't want to see Shaq and Origi. Um, I don't mind Minamino in this squad. I do like Minamino. I like his positioning. I like the space that he creates for himself. I think he could be like a busy bee in the final third for us. But um, we do need two signings. Hopefully it is Saul and hopefully it is a forward. Um, ideally, I would love a Luis Diaz um, for Porto. I just think oh. he's ready to explode. No, he's a brilliant player, Connor. You're always he's going on about Luis Diaz. He's, no, he's he's a, he barely no, starts no, no, for no. Porto. He's a flair he's, player, little flicks a, and tricks. No, no, no. He's a really good player that's waiting to explode. He's 24, just turned 24. He's a good player. He had a great Copa America, scored four goals, got, I think, a sister or two. He was phenomenal in the tournament. So, um, oh, Tom Boland said it was the Browns. There you go. It was a Netflix documentary. Cleveland, is it Cleveland Browns? I don't want to say yeah. anything before I look stupid. Sound stupid. I think I'm stupid I'll, anyway. I'll back you up on this. I think it's the Cleveland Browns. There you go. There you go. So moving on, Connor. There is another player 
um, whose future and it's done our nothing for the last six months. Kylian Mbappe, you're sponsored by Nike, can't you? Um, Chelsea, as well, you're wearing that ugly kit. Um, no Mbappe deal there for Chelsea? Is it not? A, uh, we hear Real Madrid, we hear Liverpool, but we've never hear like the likes of Man City going for him, the likes of Chelsea, the likes of, likes of United. Where do, you, where do you actually see him ending up, first and foremost? Where do you see him ending up? And second of all, is there a realistic chance he comes to the Premiership to Liverpool? Well, to answer your first question, I think there's a reason why we don't hear Chelsea City United fans sort of drumming up this interest in Mbappe, because I think that's all it is. It's fans creating the interest, especially on Liverpool's behalf. Now, this might ruffle a few feathers, but I think that all the sort of Mbappe to Liverpool nonsense is exactly that. It's nonsense created by fans to fulfil their own little fantasies. Mbappe has always said, and people close to Mbappe have always said, he will be going to Real Madrid, and I still stick by that. Is it the right club for him, though, Connor? Sorry, no, I've got to interrupt you. Is it right right now, yeah? All I'm hearing is that Real Madrid has been his club. I get, I totally get that. But surely he looks at the structure and the project right now. Again, two words that have all of a sudden become the footballing words for the last six months. Kylian Mbappe, he will look at the situation. He's got Carlo Ancelotti, who... I'm sorry, but he's a dying breed. He's, he's the last living dinosaur after David Moyes, right? No, no, no. I don't mean yeah. that in a disrespectful way. I love Carlo Ancelotti, even at Everton. Like, you know, he was doing little bits and pieces. And didn't do shite, yeah? But he's gone to Real Madrid. There's no, there's not going to be a project around Carlo Ancelotti. He's not there to create a legacy. He's going to be the maximum six months to a year before they churn in another manager, whoever that may be. Rumours have it that Xabi Alonso has been told that Next summer, he might take the Real Madrid job. Hence, he didn't take the Monchon Gladbach job. But if I'm a footballer, and Connor, tell me if I'm wrong, right? Right now, I'm looking at Liverpool. I'm looking at the institution. I'm looking at Kirby, new training facilities. I'm looking at the club. I'm looking at the squad. And then I'm looking at Real Madrid, who've just got rid of Rafael Varane, French international, Mbappe. Benzema's 34-35. They need to sell players. Vinicius Jr., Rodrigo. Um, I think uh, Ramos has left. Like, as a neutral, Connor, which project would you be more inclined to be going to? Well, which entices you more? As a neutral, I'd be swayed by the Premier League and the appeal that that has worldwide. But we have to imagine that Mbappe, he's not a neutral. He's a boy who's grown up dreaming of Real Madrid and he's expressed those interests you know, and, and those dreams from the very start of his career. Now, whether or not the project is more appealing at Liverpool, sure, I don't doubt it. But Real Madrid have a different appeal, a different calibre than than any other club in the world. And that's undeniable. Maybe Barcelona are, are up there. United would like to say they are, they are as well. But for me, they're not. Certainly not anymore. I mean, they haven't won a league for about eight years. Um, but look, we've got to look at it from Mbappe's perspective, right? Maybe he'll have footballing people in his circles telling him, right, look at this project, look at Klopp. You know, Klopp, for me, is the best manager in the world and has been for the last sort of three, four years. But whether Mbappe will look at that and think, well, I'd rather I'd rather choose a, a club and a structure and a philosophy that might be suitable for me for the next sort of two, three years or play at the club that I've always dreamed at, the club that has that history, the club that has that reputation, I, I can understand why he'd go with Real Madrid and I can't really see much sway in his decision in that one. So you think he's Real Madrid, Brandon? 
I think he's Real Madrid bound and I think that's inevitable. I also think, think the goes, same thing of Haaland. I think Haaland goes to Real Madrid as well. It's not Haaland, it's Haaland. Even it's I know Haaland. It's, it's Haaland. Oh, damn. Let's not start. Let's yeah, not start because we'll go on all night. I do want to apologise to um, a Bournemouth player. Yesterday, he there was a link to Liverpool. He was actually, he didn't play tonight, actually, for Bournemouth. In I think they drew 2-2 to West Brom, didn't they? First game of the mm. <clears throat> championship. A good 2.5 goals over that one, William Hill. Um, actually, I'm not going to flag them now. But um, Aurnat Denjumer is the name. That's how you pronounce it. No, no. <laughs> Aurnat Denjumer is the name. I actually pronounced it as... Aunat Jumanji yesterday. I apologize and wholeheartedly, I really do apologize. I did know what his name was yesterday, but it just slipped my mind. Hence, I called him Jumanji. But Aunat Danjuma, seen much of him, Connor? Do you think he's Liverpool quality or oh, you mean, one of those names uh, that you just like jog on, Abby? Just jog on. Arnaud, Arnaud Danjuma. Danjuma, okay, beautiful. Beautiful. Danjuma. Is he French international? Is he? I don't know with the name Arnaud. Yeah, I'd assume so. Uh, I don't really know much about him. I've seen him twice um, and that was in the playoffs. Um, let's, let's, a little game so all, the, all those in the comments and ap- appreciate every one of you please let me know how you actually pronounce his name um, I'm hearing all sorts uh, is it Dan Jumer or is it Dan Juma <laughs> simple it's either one or two Dan Juma or Dan Jumer that's it but um, it's, he's, so he's Dutch so he's Dutch mm-hmm. I apologise he's not French he seems like a French name but he's actually know, he's actually Dutch so fair enough um, you don't think uh, Liverpool might be sniffing I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe that's the type of player that they're interested in much more than Luis Diaz. I think they'd be more, much more inclined to buy someone like Jared Bowen than Luis Diaz and as would I. Oh, don't, don't. People will start shooting off if you mention Jared Bowen. Honestly, don't. <laughs> uh, El Drago 11. It's Dan Juma. Dan Juma. Dan Juma. Dan, that's it. Dan Juma. Just keep Dan it Juma. simple. Dan Juma. Dan Juma. That's got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, Kevin Ball, thank you for the comment. He wasn't in Bournemouth squad tonight. I think he had a... Slight problem. Um, there we go. A question for Liam Thornton, guys. Grizz will be coming on very shortly. Um, but honest question for Avi: Where do you think we would be without Coutinho? So, right where we are now, Liam. I think we'll be right where we are. I think we'll still be champions, European champions. Um, you got to believe in this squad. You got to believe in Klopp, the system, um, and you got to believe in the board. You got to believe in FSG. Um, and first game of the season, Norwich will be all singing from the same hymn sheet. A dread. Um, thank you for the comment, Abby. He's Dutch, not Arabic. Please remove the phlegm from your throat and repronounce. Fucking hell. <laughs> Getting all sorts today, isn't it? These what you this this what happens when you get associated with the uh, Grizz. So, guys, look, we are gonna move subjects now because it is a sort of all sports show. What shall we do? Shall we go with the Olympics games review, Connor? Um Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's not been bad. I know it's been crowdless and it would be fantastic if there was crowds. The ceremony was a bit weird for me. Um, but all in all, it's not been a bad Olympics. And I'm, I'm literally, I've been staying up since I've been staying up like all sorts of all kinds of hours. I mean, I've sort of worked with overseas clients anyway. So I've been staying up for like the football, the athletics, the fencing, the um, canoeing, rafting, whatever you call it. But the swimming has gripped me again. Adam Pe, brilliant stuff, wins another gold. Um, Tom Daly, um, there's history with me and Tom Daly. We've done a, few, a quiz back in the day. No, not that kind of history. Don't worry. Listen, he's an, attra- <laughs> he's an, attra- he's an attractive man. Don't look, don't let me fool you. But no, um, Tom, uh, there's a little bit of a quiz where I pronounce his name wrong or whatnot. But he finally got his gold, and he's been through a tough, tough journey. You know, with mental health, his dad's passing. So it was great to see that he picked up gold. Um, but 
for me because I live in America, Katie Ledecky, um, mm. and her and her battle with Titmus. I think Titmus took the was it the four hundred meters, and then she won the eight hundred. And yeah. then the mixed—I never knew there was a mixed uh, relay now, like men and women no, in the swimming now. Yeah, it's a new event, and it's an interesting one to watch because they can reposition their. I think they have to stick with a certain stroke in there's like a stroke order um but they can reposition either the men or the women to go in different different positions and it means that it's completely unpredictable until the last lap because the there was leg. women there was legitimately women swimming against men and yeah I, that's so refreshing to see it was so refreshing mm-hmm. to see so, um see and it's i think it's been a good, good olympics i mean i was so impressed with um the football I think we've seen some great games, um, some very underrated games. Ivory Coast, Brazil, who've taken obviously Mateus uh, Cunha, Richarlison, um, the Spain squad, Pedri. The final is tomorrow, four thirty a.m. Me and Connor were actually contemplating of doing a separate watch along because I know Gab hates uh, or dislikes watch alongs, but me and Connor were contemplating, or maybe even a Twitter space watch along at four thirty a.m. for me in the morning, which would be twelve thirty for you, Connor. So maybe watch this space; we might do one. But um, I think it's been good. The hundred meters again, Jamaican takeover. How, oh, Jamaican Independence Day today. So all those Jamaicans that a that are celebrating, um, big up. I'm sure they'll be on the rum and coke tonight. But uh, Connor, the Jamaicans, too good, aren't they? In in athletics right now, they're. I remember a period where it was Morris Green, um, Michael Johnson, Tim Montgomery, uh, some great athletes, um, but Safa Powell, Johan Blake, obviously the great Usain Bolt, and the women's as well. The women's uh, hundred meter races uh, um, runners, absolutely phenomenal, and the relay team as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously they swept it, swept it up when it came to the women's relay today. Um, absolutely destroyed the field. And the same thing happened in the 100 and 200. Um, Elaine Thompson-Hera was exceptional. I mean, you sh- everyone was expecting Shelly-Ann Fraser-Price to have her last dance uh, to reclaim the gold medal because Thompson-Hera won it in Rio. But she couldn't get near to her, in all honesty. And in, in the 200 metres, she didn't even claim a medal, Fraser-Price. So that was somewhat surprising to me. But Thompson-Hera has looked exceptional. I mean... There's, there's no one coming close to her at the moment or for the next four years, I can imagine. So, And just Chris Pratt, love watching the sports. I have no idea what the rule is then trying to debate the scores. It's true. The fencing one, that does me, uh, that flies over me. I don't know what rules mm-hmm. and regulations that is. I don't know what do you do this to the face or the body to get your points. I really literally don't know. I've been watching the boxing, <clears throat> which has been great. Um, there's one from Joshua Pritchard. Great. Yeah, the Canadian, I believe, won the 200, if I'm not mistaken, Andre de Grasse. Right. Yep. Um, great. Um, phenomenal. Um, I think India got a few medals as well. Um, but it's been a great, I think it's been, with what they've worked with, with the limitations with no crowds, I think it's been a good Olympics. Uh, can't complain. I love the opening and closing ceremonies myself. Um, but yeah, um, one of the, one of the, it's been a good Olympics, all things considering. I mean, we've seen past Olympics, Connor. Um, I don't know who you, I know you're still a pup, so you were born, what, 2005, weren't you, 2004, were you? <laughs> oh, come on, 98. 98, so, okay, so you're more Usain Bolt, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So if we're talking sort of standout, memorable Olympians and Olympic performances, the first one that really, really strikes a, a chord for me, maybe Kelly Holmes in Athens. Um, that's the okay. first one that I have any sort of recollection of. Um, but yeah, it would be Usain Bolt, Beijing, 2008, just setting the world on fire. 
it, and I think more than more than just the sort of title of being the world's fastest man, because you know you've got Lamont Jacobs who did it this year. Don't think it will have the same sort of impact as as you know Sir Bolt had in two thousand and eight. It was the sort of sheer confidence that he did it with. Did you did you know he, he actually had his shoelaces undone when he set that world record when he set the hundred meters? They zoomed in on the pictures, and my guy's got his shoelaces dangling all over the, the place. The the Italian who I think he's got, and I don't want to brag because you know me, guys. I'm very humble. Um, just just putting you out there, USA Gold Cup final winners. Nation League Cup uh, winners uh, this summer. You know, they've had more success than England have since 66. But hey, we're not going to get dirty now and play, you know, political games. He's American though, isn't he? He's got an American mother. Oh, he was born in America, but then obviously lived out in Italy. Absolutely <laughs> not. You're not, you're not, you're not claiming this one. You're not claiming this one. He is, uh, did you hear him in the interview? He was doing Bellissimo. a bit of this he's as Bellissimo. well. Oh, he's, he's Italian, is he? Oh, exactly. Right. You, see, you see the pinch of the finger. He's Italian. Um, yeah, he was born in Italy, I believe, but raised in Texas or maybe vice versa, born in Texas, raised in Italy. Uh, like you say, American mother. Um, but it was an interesting one watching him because he he's got a bit of a belly on him, a bit of a gut. So seeing, yeah, I was quick of 100. You've seen, you've seen me play football as well. Uh, maybe yeah. no D- Dennis Romadol. For those that remember him, he was a quick. But come on, you've seen me play. You know I'm quick. quick you're you're like first. Tom Huddleston with less mobility. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> he's still at hell, is he? But no, so you obviously remember, obviously, Kenny Holmes and stuff. My first ever memory, I'm not going to lie, 1992 Barcelona, Sadi Gano, Akabusi, Linford Christie. But for me, the best Olympics has got to be Atlanta 96. I must have been about, what, seven, eight? Stayed up for the um, ceremonies. That final of 100 metres, Linford Christie should have won it. He got disqualified twice on two false starts. It was absolutely horrendous because he beat Donovan Bailey, if I'm not mistaken, in the semi-final heat. And it would have been a great race because I believe that Linford Christie would have beaten Donovan Bailey, um, the Canadian. Um, But no, he got his 100 metres accolade. Frankie Fredericks, one of the all-time greats. Uh, I think he was from Zimbabwe or Namibia. If someone wants to Google that for me, Frankie Fredericks, great athlete. And then, obviously, Sydney 2000, I believe it was Morris Green in the 100 metres, Michael Johnson in the 200, 400, and 96. You won't even remember Roger Black, Connor. No, Roger Black was a great... Yeah, he got silver. I think he got silver or bronze in 96 uh, to Michael Johnson in the 200. But, um, oh, those Olympics. I think they're old. I tell you what, you had personalities back then as well. You literally had personalities back then. Michael Johnson, Carl Lewis, Donovan Bailey... Um, you can go as far as back as 88 in Seoul. You probably won't even know the Ben Johnson story, who literally was on drugs when he won the 100 um, metres. But yeah, look, this Olympics has been good. I've, I've been pleased with it. Some great stories that have come. We actually have... Oh, so he's, he was from Namibia. Namibia. So mm-hmm. thank you, Kevin O'Sullivan, one of the regulars. Um, thank you. And we've got a super chat. Thank you to A. Dread. She grills me all the time, but thank you for the super chat, mate. Um, the amateur athlete at the Olympics is dying. Would you guys consider having professional boxers allowed to participate in the Olympics? Oh, not for me. Not for me. No, because I think with, with you're right. You're right in that the amateur, amateur sort of element of it is definitely dying out. And I do like to see that protected. You know, you look at a sport like golf, they're just, they're just all professionals who've made a hell of a lot of money having it as their profession. And that's not what the Olympics is for. Um, you know, it's, it's all about seeing these people go from grassroots and, you know, it's not, it's not nice to see them funding, you know, self-funding, they should be properly funded. Um, but working their way up is what it's all about. 
Um, yeah, I see you referencing Jacobs see? is from El Paso. From El Paso, he's not, Texas. He's Italian. Two, he's two Italian. hours away from me. No, 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 no. He's he's legitimately American. Laura Duffy, can you please let me know what Nash? Because Laura Duffy is literally like Wikipedia. There should be Duffypedia because she literally knows. No, 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 no. No joke, Connor. She literally knows everything. She is the brain box of the day trippers. Any little fact. Can you please, uh, Laura, find out if he's got American nationality or Italian nationality or dual nationality? If if he has dual nationality, we're taking that as an American gold medal. So there you go. I mean, um, that is a big old stretch. So much that you might even tear a hamstring with that stretch, mate. I'm sorry. But I think we've covered that... Um, Ten, uh, yeah, here's, here's a go. So, so this is before my time, but Sebastian Coe, yeah, Sebastian Coe, Roger Black. Roger Black was really good. He's a, was a really good runner. He was just a shame that he had Michael Johnson in front of him, who was absolutely amazing. Um, and I believe they had a race-off as well in the 200. Donovan Bailey and Michael Johnson had a race-off because they were the quickest runners. And it was an event in Michigan, if I'm not mistaken. Laura Duffy will um, correct me. But... Um, they had a race, Donovan Bailey and Michael Johnson, which Donovan Bailey won. But Michael Johnson pulled up, um, seemingly to holding his hamstring. But you do feel that he was literally a little bit behind. And he thought, you know what, let me, instead of like, you know, getting embarrassed by Donovan Bailey, let me just do the older, you know, pull up on the leg. So, yeah, um, they did have a race. It's on YouTube as well, if anyone wants to um, watch it. Laura Duffy has said, oh, there you go. He's American. By default, yeah, on a technicality, he's an American. He's an American. He was born there. He's an American. He's on a default. He's he's an American. So are the most shameless people going? You're not even an American. Hey, listen, I'm getting my passport at the end of the year. All right, please. But I'm um, Tony. Tony, congrats on you guys. Show, show guys, thank you guys. Any feedback will be great. Look, Connor is a Chelsea fan. Unfortunately, I did try to convert him to our side, the red side, uh, the right side, uh, over the last sort of seven to ten years. But unfortunately, he just doesn't budge. Um, I think it's a family thing, isn't it? Your family, your dad sports Arsenal, your mum sports Tottenham, your Chelsea. So it's not quite, not quite. Not quite. Right. I'm actually but from I'm, a United family. I'm from a United family. I'm Northern Irish. But listen, let's, know, yeah, historically, yeah. So we'll yeah, stay let's away not, from let's that. Let's not talk about it. Yeah. Right. Let's uh, swiftly move on. Oh, so Laura Duffy, see, again, she's absolutely amazing. It was a 150 meter race, not a 200 or a 100. I think, yeah, they came in between because obviously Donovan Bailey was known to be a 100 and Johnson was a 200 and 400. But um, no, brilliant, guys. Connor? Oh, just quickly as well, yep. I'm seeing Joshua Joshua Pritchard mentioning Castor Vorholm as well. Quick mention to him. If anyone saw that 400 metres hurdles race, it was obscene, absolutely mental. Um, Castor Vorholm broke his own world record. He took off a second, one whole second. That doesn't seem like much. He took off a second from a 400 metres time, which is unbelievable. So that's the new world record. The guy who came in second would have already beaten the old world record. And the guy who came in third, it was the fourth fastest time of all time. So that was pretty much the best race ever in terms of the hurdles. Three of the four fastest of all time. Castor Vorholm shaving a second off of his uh, off of his previous world record. And then he Swedish, ripped his shirt Swedish, open at the end. It was Norwegian. Norwegian, there you go. Scandinavian, yeah. it's all, all the same, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big, uh, um, I forgot what I was going to say now because someone just actually literally put it in my head. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, Connor Sifan Hassan deserves a mention. Mm -hmm. So she was running the 1500 in the semi final. Unfortunately, she had a slip, uh, fell down. Obviously, back of the queue, she made her way 
right to the front and won the semi-final and that's brilliant um that really hit me a lot because you know like we all go through adversity and in life there's all these challenges but watch that race and it was phenomenal what she did um to come first and i think she finished uh bronze in the final uh connor in that's the 1500 right. i believe so yeah brilliant um some grief going on with you know i'm american and going into irish but um yes he will be coming ali a uh ali a is very persistent calm down calm down he will be coming he will be in the background somewhere very shortly connor before we move on um to football back to the football this is seemingly the new rivalry and hopefully it's a rivalry over the next sort of the course of the next sort of two three years um depending on hamilton depending on um his mood his desire this could be firecrackers it's 12 races to go lewis is obviously taking the lead again um the stappens had a few shockers in the last two races the collision which for me I'm with Lewis. I can't really fault Lewis there. Um, it was Verstappen who was a little bit aggressive, but it does seem to be a race. Uh, it seems to be, it, it does seem that Red Bull, Christian Horner, Toto Wolf at Mercedes, it's going to go down to the wire. And there's, it's brilliant because the prince, the team principals are, um, are going at it as well. What do you make of the season so far? Yeah, it's been gripping, hasn't it? It's been an amazing one and the best in recent years. It's been a bit of a breath of fresh air, really, because we've had Mercedes dominance for, what, six, five, six, seven years now? Um, and it's it's good to see another challenger, really. Um, I think it all, the sort of aggro between the two of them started off in Bahrain, wet conditions, the two of them were sort of battling, went wheel to wheel for a little bit. And that continued through Portimao and Imola, uh, the two of them have really been sort of neck and neck at times and wheel to wheel and some really sort of um, high sort of emotion moments. Uh, I think I'd have to give the edge to Lewis in most of them. They're both very aggressive drivers is what it is and neither of them wants to sort of concede to the other. And that creates some interesting situations whereby, you know, these guys are making decisions in the splits of splits of splits of seconds. Um, and inevitably there's going to be some sort of fallout from that and that all came to the fore in in silverstone didn't it i mean we had a sort of catastrophic crash funnily enough connor um and obviously you know you you were born in what 2010 when were you born 2003 you said jesus christ 98 you think i was born this side of the millennium apologize apologize so um Dan Bailey makes a good comment. Uh, uh, comment. Um, hybrid era has belonged to Mercedes. It has. It has. Um, and it's always Silverstone. That's the pinnacle of the race where rivalries clash. I remember back in, my memory if it serves me right, Michael Schumacher, the great Michael Schumacher, and Damon Hill, who's at Williams, and Schumacher was at Benetton. In 97 or 98, it might even be 96, they collided at Silverstone. Well, they collided in 94, actually, in Brisbane when Schumacher won his first title. Um, and then they had a collision at Silverstone, which Johnny Herbert, if I'm not mistaken, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, Laura Duffy, please be on standby. Johnny Herbert <laughs> went on to win the Grand Prix in 97 or 98. But um, it was fantastic. And it was only Silverstone where these collisions happened. But it does seem to be that Red Bull have got 
a slight edge in terms of speed, and it does seem as if Verstappen could take it this year. And he's giving it back to him. It does seem a rivalry where Lewis respects the apprentice, but now the apprentice, uh, Verstappen, he, he just doesn't give a shit. Mind my language. Yeah. Mom, if you're watching, um, sorry, but yeah, he doesn't give a damn, does he, about um, rivalries or whatnot. And he, and he, will, say, and he t- will tell the team radio as well what he thinks of drivers. But mm-hmm. I just think that it could be Verstappen's year, you know. Well, I think maybe next year, but for me now, it looks like it's Hamilton's. At the start of the year, it did look like it was going in Verstappen's direction. He had that 33-point lead ahead of Silverstone, and now I think it was it. I think it's an eight-point lead, seven-point lead for for Hamilton at the moment. I know eight we're only lead. halfway. Th- eight point, eight, eight point points. Lead. Yeah, I know we're only halfway through the uh, the championship, and so much can happen as we've seen over the last two cha- uh, two Grand Prix. Um, but I think I can't see past the Mercedes car and Hamilton, most importantly. Like you say, they are two very aggressive drivers. Max is growing into himself, really. And he's sort of realizing that he can take on Lewis at the sort of pinnacle and in those sort of clutch moments. And that's what we saw at Silverstone. That's what created this whole thing is because it was at Cops coming into the corner. Lewis was on the inside. And he was trying to take Verstappen, but he just didn't give him the room. He understeered a little bit. Um, it's just the two of them being as aggressive as they both are naturally as drivers, not wanting to concede to the other. Uh, and it and it made for a collision. And, you know, inevitably that sort of thing is going to happen. But in the future, very interested to see how this pans out because this is certainly not the end of it. A comment on here, which we will go on to next week's segment because we're going to talk about our first sort of sporting idols and whatnot. But Liam Thornton says Lewis is the best driver of all time. Um, Liam, Lewis Hamilton is amazing. The greatest ever British driver, 100%. Um, better than Jackie Stewart. Um, who was that playboy? Hunt. Alan Hunt, was it? Sir Roger Hunt. Sir Roger Hunt, was it? Who was it? Um, that film that he did, something, something like that. Damon Hill. Lewis Hamilton is definitely up there in the top three. But for me... Michael Schumacher. And I'll go into the reason why next week, um, you know, we can't cover everything in all in one show. So we'll carry on for next week. Last but not least, and guys, Grizz is coming on. Grizz is coming on. Um, He will be coming on shortly. Give it literally under five minutes. He'll be on. Um, He is in the background, I believe. But we're just going to go on to this quick UFC 65. Connor, I've told you to do a bit of research on the beast. Derek Lewis versus He's French, so Cyril Agane. <laughs> gone. Is it Cyril Agane? I think it's gone. Yeah, gone. Yeah. Um, I think Cyril Agane. It's going to be a fascinating fight. It's going to be a fascinating mm-hmm. fight. Um, and th- those in the comments who don't watch Formula One MMA, start watching it because these are fascinating sports. I mean, I know these are the LFC Day Trippers and it's a football channel, but. Go and explore other sports. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I think someone did comment on, um, before we start, whether we could do a segment where viewers can come in for literally uh, a short while. Um, Yes, we can do that. Um, Give me some time. We've got some fascinating guests, some sporting guests, current sports stars who will be coming on um, over the course of the next weeks and months. But Derek Lewis versus Cyril gone. I'm going to give you my quick prediction. Um, Safe. Um, please don't put a bet on it because I said so. But hey, I think Cyril Gon will um, win this by, I think he'll beat him by TKO. And that's surprising because Derek Lewis has some punching power. But I think Cyril Gon could be the next challenger for Francis Ngannou. 
um, the big beast uh, from Nigeria, I believe. But your thoughts, Connor, on UFC? Because I know I've tried to convert you over the last sort of three, four years into UFC. I know you've said Abia can't seemingly get into it. Obviously, Conor McGregor has that attraction, so people do stay up and watch him. Um, but your thoughts on UFC as a sport and your thoughts on the upcoming fight between Derek Lewis and Cyril Agon? Lovely pronunciation, may I say. Um, yeah, you're right. I initially wasn't too into it, but once you get into something like MMA, UFC, I feel like it's so addictive and compulsive that you have to watch it because these guys are fighting at the absolute pinnacle of human condition. Like these guys are ultimate fighters. I mean, it says it in the name, UFC. And, and once you start getting into it, you can't help but be absolutely engrossed and impressed by it. Um, much like you, I am predicting Cyril Garn to win this one. Maybe it's a left field shout, in fact, because you know Lewis is in great form. That knockout of Blades was pretty exceptional. He didn't even hit him with the strongest and cleanest of connections, um, but he still managed to knock him out, which is no mean feat in itself. But for me, I think Cyril Garn is one of the most technically proficient and cleanest of heavyweights that we've seen. Uh, he's an amazing striker. He's got brilliant rage range management. He it looks like Thanos, amazing. isn't he? He's he's a, he's a Thanos. Exactly. He's, he's, a, he's an all rounder. He's fast on his feet and he's nimble. He's got great footwork. He moves his head. He's he can do it all. He can kick, and I think that is what's going to be the question over this one. Those kicks, you know, uh, there's there's always the potential that 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 the beast lands that big killer knockout one hit. And that's always going to be in the question. But for me, I think Cyril can can pick him off with clever shots, with clever movement. I think, I think, yeah, like you, I say, I'm saying TKO round four, round five. Oof, you think it'll go that far? I think it'll be within the within the two rounds. I think Cyril Garn will get the um, will get the job done. Uh, Ali A, thank you again for your message. Abby, on this show, can we talk about NBA basketball, LeBron all the way? We will be covering NBA once the season starts. I know the draft has just happened. Uh, Lakers look good. Anthony Davis, LeBron, King James, and Russell Westbrook, all in one team. It does bode well for the season coming. I'm hoping to catch some games. Um, some great messages tonight, guys. Thank you for the support once again. Um, you guys are everything. Um, Johnny B, Johnny B Red, great show. Better without Grizz. Follow on the chance. Yawn. Grizz will be here. Grizz will be here. Um, he, he just, he just loves me too much. He can't, he, he wants to be involved. Um, Avo, third, brilliant. Um, would love to get you on if you want. UFC one, two, three, one, unbelievable. The originals, yeah. Royce Gracie, um, even before TO days, tank. Avo, this, so basically, uh, Connor, back in the day, UFC one, two, and three, there was no division, it was catch weight. So it would be me fighting, like, you know, me at 17, 18 stone fighting you, who's a slender 10 stone. It would literally be that and I'd absolutely pulverize you, wouldn't I? But um, yeah, it was literally that back in the days. But obviously, you know, going forward, um, uh, you know, they've, they've had to put in these weight divisions and what whatnot. Um, Laura Duffy, fun fact: UFC for Abby with connection to the Olympics before she went to UFC. Ronda Rousey, yep, was the American woman to win an Olympic medal in judo. I'll do one better than that, Laura. Kurt Angle, um, the WWE wrestler, which we will we'll be covering WWE next week, SummerSlam, as I will be there at the Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. We'll be covering that. Um, yeah, Ronda Rousey was brilliant. Uh, Kurt Angle. There's a few. Don, um, Daniel Cormier, 
um, who went on to win the UFC heavyweight division, lightweight division, shall I say rather. I know he, he became double champion, I believe. He was also in the Olympics as well. But um, yep, Jonathan Avian Grizz, UFC one. Oh no, he'll beat me. He'll beat me despite squashing me. Um, you should see the size of Grizz. He's an absolute monster. But guys, he is actually here. Any word, Paul Barry, any word when Grizz is here, he's actually here. I'm going to have to quickly change the format um, because Grizz is going to be here. So he's here. And let me add him to the stream. Showcase your welcome, technical ability. Welcome, well welcome, 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 welcome. I, I actually well, thought... What a proud moment. No, I'm so proud. Can I just sit here and just like, well, yeah. Yeah. can I just sit here and look at you two? <laughs> like <laughs> now, this is brilliant. Um, can I just sit here and not talk and just be I'm, in the auspicious uh, company? I've literally been just... shitting my pants for the best part of an hour. Honestly, I was like, shit, I don't know if I can do it, but no. Why? Um... Shitting your pants for what? I just get Why? nervous. It's, it's easier when you're a host or if Gav hosts on um FB4 Keith. Um uh, it's so much easier just being a co-host, but it's been good. It's been good. But um, no, uh, people, true. Like comments are popping off. People are popping off. Feels like a proud dad. Brilliant. Look, obviously, I've just rushed back from work and I couldn't yeah, course, course. not pay a visit and pop in. But guys, I've been in and out of your show. It's been superb. Well done. Outstanding. Honest to God, I'm not just saying it because you're my mates. I mean it. It's been outstanding. The levels that you guys, the knowledge, wow. I mean, when you were talking about UFC, I wanted to get involved, like, but my only involvement with like sort of UFC is like Kabaddi. I don't know if anybody knows what Kabaddi is. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, can we talk about that, Avi, on your show, please, one week? Can we talk about Kabaddi, please? Then I can get involved and like show you my pictures when I used to play it myself. (laughs) 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 But, um, no, Grizz, look, um, I'm going to be doing a short message afterwards, but. The reason that you're on actually is um, some major. Is it major developments no, or are they no, developments no, coming out no, of Liverpool tonight? No. no? The, reason, the reason why I'm on, I was bluffing, I was trolling. I just wanted to get on your show. No. And no, I knew. No, no. And Listen, I knew, you're welcome. In, you've got the code anytime. And I you knew if I, if I do the eyes emoji and all the 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 the, 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 the ITK emojis, you're going to let me on. And now I'm on. You know what I mean? And, and everyone's going to probably be asking you, all right, Chris, what's the news? Have you get the news out of him? I've got no news. Like, now how do you feel? No, ah. no, 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 you're fooling me. But we only touched upon Liverpool earlier on, um, speaking about preparation. Is this squad good enough to go for the title? Connor, obviously, is a Chelsea fan, unfortunately, Grizz. I know we've both tried um, getting him to the red side, um, but unfortunately, it's not going to work. He's taken the blue pill, like Matrix, and he's decided to go... The Lawrence Fishburne way, which is totally fine. But um Grizz the blue pill. You know in Matrix, Neo and Lawrence Fishburne when he says take the red pill or the blue pill. Okay. So obviously Connor's gone to take the blue pill, isn't he? Okay. Very good. And Very give, good. I enjoyed give, that one. We, but we've given him the option of the red pill, but he doesn't want, so it's it's totally fine. But Grizz, um, I didn't touch upon the transfers um or anything that Liverpool related, but I believe you do have maybe some news today um no. popping off. No. You really gonna do that to me? You really gonna do dirty to me before I wrap up that you've got no, no news? <laughs> look, look, Tom Boland says, "Toe the line, Grizz. You're a guest. I'm a guest, so yeah, I can say what I want. Do I want kick me off the stream? What? I'm a rebel. This no, is Friday no, no. night. This is the oh. old, this is sports unplugged. Come on, we're not gonna sit here and talk serious things like Henderson's agreed a new deal. At oh, 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 oh
we're not going to sit about. We're going to talk about Saul has been developments, and I believe Saul will be a Liverpool player come the end of the window. We're not going to talk about these kind of things. Listen, come guys, on. I've paid him for this ten-minute segment. Just, just an FYI, so I've paid him. Romano charges two hundred and fifty pound <laughs> for thirty minutes. Gris Khan charges two hundred fifty pound for ten minutes. So hurry the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, Gris. All honesty, um, in all on, on honesty, um, is there anything? Um, oh, and I've made a little banner for it as well. Major event. Oh, sorry, not Mbappe. Before people get carried away, major developments later on the hour. So this is um, the final sort of five minutes. Jordan Henderson. Um, I know you texted me earlier on, and I said we'll save it, and we'll let you come on. Um, thank you for coming on because I know you're a effing busy man. So I, I appreciate mean? it. I appreciate the love always. Appreciate the love. And that's why you're having cold milk. Yeah, it's not out of date, is it? It's not out of, it's not out of date, is it? Um, but Jordan Henderson, you believe that um, there's been some segue, positive segue, in terms of a contract renewal? Yeah. Um, from what I've been told, Jordan Henderson has agreed a new three-year deal, um, which is amazing news. It's brilliant. Um, so hopefully that will break very soon. No idea when it will break, but uh, he has agreed a new three-year deal with a small clause, but we're not going to talk about the clause yet because people are going to start popping off and kicking off. But I may ex- explain the clause or talk about the clause on another show when we've got more time. And I believe Saul, there's been some developments on Saul Niguez of Atletico Madrid. Just for, just for a break it on your show. Do you know what I mean? Brilliant. Like, what a show. What a show what a to show. like. You know what I mean? Drop a couple of nuggets. Do you well, know what I mean? Even e- nuggets. even though it was my show, you still somehow still no no no, no no you still still <laughs> no, 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 no no that's me done. Put me on mute. Carry on. That's it. <laughs> no, 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 no 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 no. Listen, we're on the court. No no, we're wrapping up. So look, guys, an exclusive from Mr. Grizz Khan himself. Um, positive talks have taken place with Hendo. Um, expected contract renewal for three years. Grizz, is that the right term? Yeah. And Saul Neguez. Um, hopefully, hopefully will become a Liverpool player, but I'm pretty sure there's still a little bit of um, negotiations. Yeah, yeah, no, no, we've yeah. clarified that. We've clarified that. But on that, Connor, what a show! It was pretty good. What a show! Hey, what, what a way to show. start it off! What a show! Yeah, and this obviously, look, all the credit goes back to the people who have tuned in today. Um, thank mm. you so much um, for supporting this. I know we've been sort of last three weeks, last four weeks, um, have put you out on Twitter that there will be a show. Um, and like, you know, we've got here, um, Gav Doyle. I can't thank him enough for giving me this opportunity um, to host my own show. Thank you. I know I've been a pest and I'm sure he will mention it on the Fatback 4 on Sunday, how I do his nutting. Even at the weirdest times, I'll text him at 3 a.m. I've got this idea for a design. I've got this idea for an outlay. I've got this design idea for a, a tone. But um, there's a few people that I want to thank, actually, um, before we uh, wrap up. Obviously, Connor, I want to thank you for being my host. Obviously, you're literally family because the family knows you um, from back home. So, Love to you and uh, thank you for becoming my host. And you know what? I want to thank the people in the comments with Connor because he is a Chelsea fan, but it's been great. Um, a bit of banter at first, but you guys have treated him with respect. And you know what? That's Liverpool fans all over. And you know, there might be other fans who non-Liverpool fans who have been in the chat, but classy as ever. Um, I want to thank Gav once again. I want to thank Chris Brack 
who obviously used to do last season's Friday um, shows. I will be getting him on soon. Um, big up to Chris. Um, helped me a lot. Um, taught me a few things on how to host, how to get all these banners, comments and stuff um, on the live feed. And uh, unfortunately, um, I'm going to have to thank my big brother, Grizz. Um, thank you. Uh, six, seven months ago. Uh, I know we've known each other longer, but you've always said to me, Abby, come on um, the pods because you'd be great. You're a great personality. If people literally listen to our voice that. notes, if people, <laughs> if people, if people literally listen to our voice notes, we'd become multimillionaires overnight because those voice no notes are literally like gold dust. Um, Grizz will send me 10 voice notes before I wake up at seven, eight in the morning. And then I'll send him nine, 10 before lunchtime, UK time, because uh, he's obviously um, working away. But I want to thank you, Grizz, because you didn't have to do this and you've given me an opportunity and you take a lot of flack and a lot of abuse on Twitter and social media. But I just want to say that on the bottom of my heart, you're a great guy. Um, I do love you extremely. And thank you. Thank you for giving me a platform. Listen, you don't need to thank me. The journey's only begun. Yeah. Stop it. You're sounding like this is like a farewell. Connor, do you know it's just like a farewell? No, bloody hell. I mean, I was hoping he'd stop waffling on. Jeez. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like when he starts, it's like I'm, 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 I'm so surprised the, 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 the violin emojis haven't come out in the chat. Like it was just, and there you go. Get the emojis out, man. The violin emojis. Listen, there's nothing to thank me about. You're no, you, you, yeah, no, listen, I, I know. Now, listen, listen, stop all that. And just show this is the start of something amazing, brilliant. This is the start of your journey. You guys are fucking great. Nothing to do with me. I just thought you two are brilliant. You'll have a brilliant dynamic, brilliant concept, brilliant idea. Go for it, man. It's all you. Thank you, brother. No, no brilliant, brilliant. Connor, um, I'll give you the final words because the gentleman that I am, I'm going to let a Chelsea fan sort of wrap up the show. How's it been Thank for you? Thank you very much. You're too kind. You're too kind. No, I, I was hoping you'd finish waffling on. You took your time. But uh, thank you for passing the baton. And thank you to everyone who's, who's, uh, who's taken part and who's watched the show as well, because I was expecting some serious pelters being on here, unveiling the Chelsea shirt, you know, proclaiming we're the champions of Europe. Can't say it enough. Um, but yeah, it's been brilliant, actually. It's gone down a treat. I really enjoyed it. And I'm really looking forward to continuing discussing more sports in more depth. Uh, and seeing seeing how this thing can progress together, it's gonna it's gonna turn into something really really good, I think. So I'm looking forward and very excited for the future. Yep, and just just a reminder, guys. Look, we try to keep it within the hour of fifteen, um, and we'll be talking about other sports next week. We'll catch up on the cricket because I know India are touring England, so we'll catch up on that. Um, the British Lions against the Springboks tomorrow. Um, I'll be lying to you if I knew what was going on. I know tomorrow's the decider. The only British Lions that I remember was when Jeremy Guscott hit a drop sort of goal against the Springboks and it drew or something like that back in the 90s but no we'll catch up on the rugby as well next week um, and comment on it but thank you guys thank you very much thank you to Grizz for popping in for your Welcome. last minute change I've got the work permit sorted for you but thank you guys and we'll catch up next Friday thank you Sports Social Podcast Network